we really like it when people come back happy. It makes us feel good, you know, to see them smile. I know that sounds super cheesy, but, you know, it uh, it makes you feel good, like, when you know that, like, you've helped, like, someone else have a good time. Welcome to the Juxtaposed Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Eric Spitz, and in this episode I talk with Matt Jankowiak. Matt started Diamonddale Canoe and Kayak back in 2019, after spending six years working at the Ann Arbor Canoe Livery while living in Ypsilanti, Michigan, and going to college. What started as a simple side job evolved into Matt taking the knowledge he acquired over the years and starting a business of his own in the field. Two years later, the business has continued to grow as nature enthusiasts take their kayaks, canoes, and tubes down the Grand River. Our conversations range from some of Matt's favorite kayaking routes to current and future projects with Diamonddale Canoe and Kayak. We also talk about great companies to buy equipment from if you're just getting into kayaking, and even a few you might want to avoid for one reason or another. So just sit back, relax, and get ready for matching Koviak's journey with Diamonddale Canoe and Kayak. Welcome to the Juxtaposed Journeys podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit and chat with me today. You know, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. So I saw that you started Diamonddale Canoe and Kayak back in 2019, where you rent kayaks, canoes, and tubes on the Grand River. So what drove you to start that venture to begin with? Well, um, I kind of didn't want to go back to school after being in school (laughs) for like seven years. And I changed my major so many times, I never got a degree in anything. But I worked at the Ann Arbor Canoe Livery while I was in school when I lived in Ipsy. Okay. I worked there for six years. So that's what kind of got me started in the business. Nice. No, that's so awesome. It's so funny you mentioned that because I, th- I think I remember that just kind of, I don't want to say like be- being a thing, but I think I remember us catching up in conversations before and that just kind of being a thing to where I remember you just going to school and just trying to figure things out probably you know obviously nothing wrong with that and stuff right yeah no that's so awesome that you got on the canoe venture just kind of from that so what's been your biggest challenge of running the business oh man oh just one uh no, uh, probably <laughs> personally my organizational skills but um my fiance definitely helps me out with that a lot but other than that you know i i just i got a lot of help from my former boss from the one in Ann Arbor. So not a lot of like logistical challenges as much as more, I'd say actually probably like just getting the word out that we were there. I think at first was like our biggest challenge because our first year was just dead. Right. Right. Like crazy dead. (laughs) No, for sure. And that's such a hard skill to do for sure and i mean i mean it's something i'm obviously still learning and stuff too like the whole idea of marketing and actually i even have a degree in marketing <laughs> oh damn i feel like i'm st- i'm still learning so much about it and there's still a lot that i don't know it's it's a struggle for sure but no i'm i'm glad that your fiance helps you out with that and stuff that's that's super awesome definitely <laughs> yeah she helps a lot no that's good to hear so uh what months of the year are you open for rentals uh, usually mid-April to mid-October, depending on the weather. You know, it's 
sometimes it turns out to be May, you know, till like late October, maybe even like very early November if it's still warm. But, you know, we usually say mid-April to mid-October. Nice. Depending on when the snow is falling. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, Mother Nature kind of makes the calls in that kind of industry. <laughs> yeah, and we have to wait till the water like warms up enough too, because we don't want to risk. Even if it, we get like a nice day, like early April, if the water's still super cold, we don't want to risk anyone falling in and get hypothermia. So, yeah, no, so true. Actually, that reminds me too, because um, kind of preparing questions for this interview and stuff, like. I was doing some Googling. I was like, how do you even start like a canoe and kayaking business? <laughs> yeah. And I was just trying to like <laughs> wrap my head around all that. And there's so many things that I just didn't even think about too. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, in regards to just safety and stuff too. Like, I mean, I, I think I even saw on your website too. You have people sign waivers and stuff. Oh yeah. I'm sure I have to get business insurance and all that stuff too. And Oh, tell me about it. It's so expensive. <laughs> and there's very few companies that do liability insurance for like canoe and kayak rentals. There's, there's like four or five of them. That's hmm. it. Like most people won't do them. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that that'd be a whole another layer to it too. Cause I wouldn't even know where to start with that either. So <laughs> yeah, it's really frustrating. And that's something my boss in Ann Arbor couldn't help me with because they were owned by the city of Ann Arbor. So they were insured by the city of Ann Arbor. Interesting. So I had to find that stuff out on my own. <laughs> that's honestly, I mean, it's, it sucks when you go through it, but I feel like that's the best way to learn is just to honestly just do it. And then you just kind of stumble your way through it and then you just kind of learn as you go and like i said it sucks going through but i feel like it's it's one of the best like teachers of of anything so i'm glad you found a reliable company now though <laughs> yeah thankfully they, they haven't dropped me yet <laughs> <laughs> well that's good to hear uh, now how have you and the business been adjusting to the strange times of covid oh man it's frustrating but <laughs> we're we're getting through it you know it's luckily we're an outdoor business so it didn't affect us nearly as much as like other places like you know like event halls theaters and stuff right so we didn't really have to close down but when everything first started, there was a lot of confusion in Michigan with some of, like, the orders mm -hmm. that were, like, going on. And, like, the DNR was putting out stuff, like, that was contradicting what the governor's office was putting out. So <laughs> I contacted my friend Ben. You know Ben. He's Ben Trout. He's a lawyer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and I was like, <laughs> hey, like, can you help me make some sense of this? Um, <laughs> so he looked into it for me because he was reading like because golf courses could be open and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, if golf courses can be open, I don't see any reason why we can't be open. Right. So he told me to call the governor's office and I did. And I was actually really surprised I was able to get right through. Wow. And it was like her secretary and she called me back like later that day and was like, hey, I talked to her like you guys are good to go. And I was like, oh, sweet. So I think we may have been the first or if not the first, at least one of the first liveries open in the state last year nice. because of that. Because <laughs> uh, all the other like livery owners that I know were like not open yet. They were like, oh, we can't be open. This is stupid. This sucks. Right. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to try and be proactive and actually like figure it out and make sure. But other than that, you know, we were washing or, or like disinfecting all of the boats, life jackets, paddles after every single use. 
um, which is really frustrating, but totally understandable mm-hmm. for the situation. Um, it's not like we wouldn't clean boats and life jackets anyway, like when <laughs> when needed. Right. But, you know, it's kind of frustrating to have to do it after every single use. <laughs> no, I, I get that. But it is what it is. No, I get that completely. Yeah. And, w- and when we're using the van for transporting people, everyone has to wear a mask when they're in the van. Other than that, it hasn't changed, you know, our operations too much, thankfully. For sure. And yeah, I mean, to your point, with it being an outdoor business, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like you don't have to deal with quite as many headaches in that regard. So what has been the biggest accomplishment for your business so far since you opened? Uh, Actually getting paid last year was pretty (laughs) cool. That's always a perk. (laughs) Our first year, I definitely didn't get paid. You know, we made like just enough money to pay the couple of employees that we had and like the business was able to pay most of its own bills. It wasn't able to pay all its own bills. I was still paying some bills on the business's (laughs) behalf. But last year, you know, we had explosive growth. Like the word finally got out that we were there. We were way, way more busy and I was not expecting it at all. And I actually got paid. So I'd say that's my biggest accomplishment so far. And it felt good. No, for sure. That's huge for a new business. Definitely. And speaking of how many people do you have on staff currently? Um, including myself and my fiance, we have five right now. Nice. We have three, three people working for us that we were all new hires last year or this year. And, uh, they're all doing really great so far, uh, and seem to be enjoying it. So we're happy about that. Yeah. That's awesome to hear. And I, I see on your website that you're also looking for a van driver. Is that still the case? Yes, we are, because I am the only one that, like, is trained to drive the van right now, but you have to be, like, at least 18, preferably, uh, you know, older than that, because, like, the insurance rates will be even less if they're, like, you know, 21 or 25. Right. But, you know, at least 18, because you got to have a chauffeur's license for it. Yep. And, like, it'd be nice, because my fiance is in nursing school, and she is planning on taking some summer classes, so she won't be able to help out, like, at the register for the entire summer this year. So I am probably going to have to end up doing that once she goes back to school. And then we'd like to have another van driver, obviously. Mm-hmm. So if they can drive the van while I'm at the register, you know, for sure. Or we're going to, we'll figure it out. We're going to figure something out if we don't get a, a van driver, but we're hoping to get a van driver. <laughs> no, that makes a lot of sense. How was the work I guess, divided among your current employees right now. So it sounds like you drive the van and you work the register sometimes. Do your employees just kind of, uh, I guess, what do they do? I'll let you answer that. (laughs) Well, so my fiance, Lauren, she, for the most part, works like the counter, you know, signing people up, uh, you know, the register and all that. I drive the van. Sometimes I work the counter, depending on who's there. You know, sometimes I'm the only one there, mm-hmm. like on Wednesdays, which tend to be our slower days. Usually so far this season, I'm the only one there. We'll probably start scheduling other people, mm-hmm. you know, as the summer goes on, we get busier. But uh, the other employees that we hired uh, are just dock workers for the most part. They, uh, I mean, that that title doesn't do it justice. Like, they do a lot more than just on the dock or something. But they help load the trailers, you know. They help get people in and out of the water, which is something that we do that a lot of liveries don't do, mm-hmm. which is, like, help people in the water and out. Like, a lot of places just expect you to do that by yourself. But we find, you know, it helps with the whole 
experience, you know, if there's someone there to help you in and out, because getting in and out is the hardest part, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree completely. (laughs) So they'll, you know, they'll hold on to the boat for you so you don't tip while you're getting out onto the dock. And, you know, they help me out with like, you know, various groundskeeping and maintenance tasks around the property, too. Oh, that's awesome. And who manages your social media posts out of curiosity? For the most part, it's my fiance Lauren. She does a really good job with that. I every once in a while I'll post something, but she's better at it than I am. So I <laughs> usually let her do it. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Yeah, no, they are really good posts and everything, and I always like keeping up with them. Thanks. I'll, <laughs> I'll let her know. Thank you. <laughs> of course. And I see on your website you have several route options listed. So you have the Danford Island Park, mm-hmm. the Paddle Upstream, and the McNamara Landing. Mm-hmm. From what I'm gathering, you transport customers to the location, and then they kind of hit the water once they're helped in by your lovely employees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Do you do any guided tours at the moment, or do you plan to do any of that eventually? We may down the road once we're like big enough to be able to afford to pay someone to do that. It's just, it's not something I have a lot of experience with just because we never did anything like that when I worked in Ann Arbor. But it's not something that I haven't thought about. Like I have, I mean, people ask me that sometimes. I'm like, oh, you know, we might down the road. Uh, something I really want to end up doing is uh, like a night paddle, like a, with like gl- glow sticks and like headlamps and stuff like that. Um, we were good. I wanted to do it last year, but then like COVID like hit and I didn't want to have to disinfect a bunch of headlamps like every time they got used. So I think we're going to, I think we're going to wait until post pandemic to start doing that. Yeah, no. And that makes a lot of sense, but I know I fully support that idea. I think that'd be really cool. There's something really enticing about like a night event or something like that. Like, yeah, I remember I did the ET marathon out in Nevada like right by area 51 and it started at midnight and i was oh, cool i was terrified but like it was <laughs> so much fun and like i had my little like headlamp thing and little flashlight and reflective vests and stuff and i like bought all this gear for the race which i i needed anyway it was like part of the requirements and all that but then like thinking back to it i've not touched it since it's just collecting dust in my basement <laughs> yeah i know what you mean I I have a basement full of crap. <laughs> so once you get that uh, night paddle up and running, I'll have to bust it out again and just... Yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> Perfect. Looking forward to it. So we're, we're thinking like a full moon paddle type thing, like at least like, you know, the closest weekend day to like the each full moon of the month type of thing. We're thinking yeah. we might end up doing something like that. Yeah, that'd be a really cool idea. Do you have a favorite route that you personally kayaked? Uh, the McNamara route is definitely my favorite. It's the longest one that we do. It's like a four to six hour like trip down the river. And that is just, it's really, really pretty. Like the, the especially the first part of it is like all parkland. Um, and there's some bald eagles that nest on that stretch. And it's just a gorgeous route. Lots of trees, lots of woods. And then a little further down, there's some just gargantuan mansions also. So Nice. Those are kind of cool to see. Yeah, that would be really cool. Is there a certain route that you've always wanted to kayak? Like, a, I guess like a bucket list kayaking route? I really want to do pictured rocks up north. Yeah. That's what I haven't. I haven't found the time to do it yet. But I really want to do pictured rocks when I get the time. Basically, that's probably not going to be for a couple of years till we're like busy enough that I can like hire staff that I can trust to like run it and I could like leave for a few days. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, whenever that happens, that's something I definitely want to do because it's not like I don't have the boats to go do it with. 
<laughs> no, so true. <laughs> Actually, yeah, speaking of which, how many boats and, or equipment do you own? Oh, man. Off top of my head, I couldn't even give you an exact number. I can give you a ballpark. Uh, okay. I have like 25-ish double kayaks, I think, um, and maybe like 30, 35-ish single kayaks and way too many canoes. Uh, <laughs> I, I Right now, I have around 20 canoes, but at one point, I had like 40. Oh, wow. Which was an obscene number for the amount of canoes I was actually renting. <laughs> I have never come close to renting all of the canoes at the same time. <laughs> Even out of those like 20 that I still have, I I don't think I've ever rented more than 10 at the same time, mm -hmm. if that. No, that makes sense. I keep them just in case, but you know, hmm. I'm, I'm keeping the 20 so we have room <laughs> to grow. But I don't think we'll need to grow much beyond 20. Right. No, that's a good point. Most people want a kayak. <laughs> so true. Now, something I just got kind of thinking about. So you, you own all these. Like, I, I guess what makes the most business sense and everything, too, I would imagine just like owning all this instead of just like, because I imagine you don't lease or rent any of this stuff. Oh, yeah. No, some places, some places do do that. But no, I own them all. Okay, cool. I don't, I don't see the sense in leasing anything. Personally, I wouldn't lease a car. I wouldn't lease anything. <laughs> right. But, yeah, definitely not for this. Right. No, and I'm the same way. Um, so that, that makes a lot of sense. That was something I was just kind of curious about. Yeah, because then, like, I can get rid of them. Like, if they got so broken that, like, I didn't want to bother fixing them anymore. You know, not that that really happens too much. Like, on my route, my route's not really that brutal on the boats, thankfully. Mm -hmm. Like, some other places that have, like, really shallow stretches. Mine doesn't really have that. So... Yeah. Thankfully, they don't get too beat up and broken. I haven't actually, like, had a boat spring a leak on me yet. At least not a new boat. Okay. No, that's good. That was that was something I was going to ask about, too. If you just had, like, a crazy situation where just, like, you... Yeah, like, when some of your equipment got, like, lost or broken or stolen or anything ridiculous like that. Oh, I've definitely had stolen stuff, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had some I had some outboards stolen our very first year. Like literally, I think it was the first or second weekend we were open. I'm pretty sure it was Memorial Day weekend, which was like maybe a week after we had opened, if that. And yeah, someone stole two outboards that that day, uh, like or that night. That I had like at the same time. It was real crappy. Yeah, that's a bummer. They always got locked after that. That's for sure. I learned my lesson. Yeah. No, so true. That's that's no fun. But yeah, I'm I'm yeah. I'm glad you at least I guess took something from it and then figured out a new procedure for after. Oh yeah, I don't leave any outboards on the on the boats anymore, <laughs> at all. Like, because I used to have some fishing boats that we rented out, but or tried to rent out. No one ever wanted them. So, <laughs> gotcha. I got rid of most of those, but I still have all the motors just in case I ever. Because I I kept the biggest fishing boat to use as like a rescue boat if I needed it. Interesting. Gotcha. So I guess, where do you store all this stuff? Do you have like an offsite warehouse thing or do you keep them on site or? No, I keep them all on site. The property is about an acre and a half ish somewhere in there. But um, a lot of that's obviously for parking. Right. But yeah, I have like three pontoons that I still haven't put in the water yet this year because none of them are running. Hmm. But um, <laughs> and then, you know, I, the building was abandoned for 10 years. It was a house. All right. Okay. And 
it's huge it's like three thousand square feet it's way bigger than like i would ever need for like just this part of the, we just operate out of like the walkout basement the rest of the building is gutted inside oh wow because it was abandoned for so long we had to rip everything out it's got no plumbing it's got no heat no running water it kind of sucks but <laughs> we deal with it we barely have electricity we have like one working outlet on each floor just to get us going and you know we're powering through we're hoping to get more outlets this year that's definitely on the to-do list is to like get the full electrical service like running in the building and then we'll worry about the rest of it no totally understandable and yeah and obviously you're just starting out and stuff it's not all going to happen overnight, just baby steps of this stuff. Yeah, so. we're, we're trying to make enough money to actually redo the inside of the building, you know, so. Yeah. No, it sounds like a cool building, though. I'll, I definitely still need to come out and check it out. Yeah, it used to kind of look like the Munster House. It had a flat roof with, like, a little, like, mini third-story turret in the center. Ooh. But the since it was abandoned for so long, like, the main flat roof didn't have any leaks, luckily, although we figured it was only a matter of time till it did. Uh, but the turret had a pretty major leak, so the turret and everything underneath of it had to go and be replaced. So we just figured we'd take the flat roof off, we put, you know, regular trusses on it, so now it just looks like a normal roof. Gotcha. No, that's awesome, though. Yeah. Now, what's the furthest kayaking trip you've done personally? <sighs> I don't even know. Probably the that McNamara one, honestly. Like, that's the longest I've really been willing to go out like i don't i've thought about doing like overnight stuff before but i've never actually gotten around to doing it and like go camping yeah one of my old bosses at the ann arbor one did the entire huron river and it sounded really cool when he talked about it and then when i thought about it i was like man i don't want to do that like (laughs) it was like a whole week he was on the river for a whole week i was like i don't want to do that for a whole week (laughs) like i'll I'll be red as a lobster when i get back (laughs) no that's that's totally fair Actually, that, that segues perfectly to my next question. So what's the best advice you can offer someone who's just getting into canoeing, kayaking, being on the water, etc.? Oh, man. Uh, whatever boat you think you're going to buy, get a boat that's a little bigger than that one. Because <laughs> a lot of people buy these tiny little 8-foot or 10-foot. A lot of people have 10-foot boats, but some people buy 8-footers, like for full-grown adults. Mm-hmm. I think an 8-foot boat is a child's boat. Like that is not big enough for a full grown adult. Right. And even a 10 footer, I don't like being in a 10 footer. Like the 12 footers track better through the water. They tend to be a little wider. I mean, the, the, yeah, the 12 footers, they tend to be a little wider than the 10 footers too. So like they're more stable. They're, they're just, they're better boats in my opinion. So get something a little bit bigger you know, you don't have to get something massive, like a 13 foot, like tandem kayak or something that's going to have trouble, like fitting on the roof of your car, but Mm -hmm. get something like pay a little more for like a quality boat. Don't go get the cheapest boat you can find at Walmart. You will definitely appreciate that later (laughs) on. No, so true. It's funny because when you first mentioned that, all I could think about was like Jaws and like, we need a bigger boat. (laughs) yeah we're gonna need a bigger boat (laughs) so so good but yeah no and i think that idea translates to a lot of different areas too because i mean like thinking Mm -hmm. of running and stuff one of the best piece of advice i can offer to like a new runner is just like get some like good shoes get some like nice shoes don't get some like cheap ones because i feel like you're just gonna be asking for trouble definitely definitely i mean there's a few brands i would tell you to avoid but i don't really want to like put them on blast on your podcast so. <laughs> that's totally fair i'm sure i'm sure they would appreciate that 
Yeah. I actually think, you know, I'm just going to say, I'm pretty sure they went out of business anyway, so don't buy a Sun Dolphin. They're garbage. <laughs> All right. Good to know. I will, I will avoid them. <laughs> the Sun Dolphins were produced by Hemisphere Design Works, which formed in 2017 after a merger with the Montreal-based company GSC Technologies. Before that, the company was called KL Outdoor, which originally formed in 1982. In January of 2020, the company announced the closure of a third and reportedly remaining manufacturing facility, according to an article in MLive. In a review by Outdoor Gear Lab, the Sun Dolphin is a great option for beginner paddlers who aren't quite ready to invest in a high-performance boat, with some of the pros being that they're light and portable. However, the cons also address that there's no seat cushion and it doesn't have a lot of weight capacity. The major advantage to Sun Dolphins seemed to be how inexpensive they were, which is very enticing for beginners. However, as with getting into any new hobby, it's good to keep in mind the old saying, you get what you pay for. They're, they're so, the plastic is so thin that you'll be buying an, another boat like the next year. Like they're, they're <laughs> such trash. No, that's so good to know though. Cause I mean, yeah, cause obviously like that's something that the first thing I think about too, if I'm getting something new or getting into a new hobby or venture, it's just like, okay, what brand do I go with? And like, I probably spend way too much time looking up reviews and, and mm -hmm. reading just different opinions and watching YouTube videos and blogs and all this stuff on it. And then like, you know, so uh, that at least narrows it down to just avoid them. So that's one less company to look at. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Old town's a great brand and, uh, perception's a great brand too. Nice. For, for sit on tops. I go, I try to, I go with perception and for the sit ins, I go with old town. Okay. Nice. Yeah. No, that's good to know. My boats are quality. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's one tell. of the ways we're trying to, you know, set ourselves apart from a lot of other rental places is by having like better boats. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to brag, I guess, but you know, it's like, <laughs> it's not like we got like maybe the Cadillac of like, you know, kayaks, but you know, we're, we're doing our best to, to have better stuff for people to use that than a lot of places would. So, you know, they can have a better experience. Yeah, that kind of has a ring to it too. Cadillac kayak. I feel like that needs to be a thing right. if it's not already. <laughs> you probably get probably get sued by GM. <laughs> probably. I was I was gonna say Cadillac used to make outboards, but I'm wrong. Chrysler Chrysler made outboards for a little while. Oh yeah, I think I remember that now. In 1965, Chrysler purchased West Bend's outboard motor business. This operation continued until the 1980s, when a government bailout forced Chrysler to sell off their non-core business. Despite it being profitable, Chrysler sold off their outboard division in 1983 to Bayliner's U.S. Marine and the brand was renamed Force Outboards. Generally speaking, Chrysler Outboards had a pretty old-school design and would run well, but produced less horsepower than modern engines while using more fuel. The performance of the outboards, as with any other outboards, ultimately depends on how well the maintenance was. Links for more information can be found in the show notes. I've never had one. I was told by a friend that they weren't very good, so I've never bought one. <laughs> okay. That's good to know. Another another company I will avoid mm -hmm. for my mm -hmm. uh, kayak and boat rental service. Yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good. So I guess going back to the business, what's your overall goal with Diamonddale Canoe and Kayak? Um, other than getting paid, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, making sure people have a good time on the water. Like that's what we really like it when people come back happy, it makes us feel good, you know, to see them smile. I know that sounds super cheesy, 
but you know it uh, it makes you feel good like when you know that like you've helped like someone else have a good time i guess you yeah know? it gives you like a little bit of like a warm fuzzy feeling i guess to know that like you made their day yeah they had a good time so no I'd, I'd agree with that and um and yeah just scrolling through your facebook page and all that i i feel like you get a lot of engagement from people too of just like um you know asking questions or just like saying they had a good time or something like that so yeah i was super happy for you and i was reading through those good yeah we're really happy about our like reviews like we've gotten really good reviews yeah like we haven't really gotten like a bad one yet that's for sure and i'm happy about that especially for like a business in their third year it's pretty rare yeah to like not have at least one negative review so <laughs> no so i'm true. sure now that i said that it's gonna happen <laughs> but i know people are gonna listen to this and then they're gonna be like i'm gonna yeah. be that negative view and they're just gonna right, be all disgruntled right. and <laughs> Every once in a while, we'll get a four star, but for the most part, we get five. So we're we're pretty proud of that. Yeah, no, that's that's super awesome. And yeah, to your point, I mean, for a third year business, that's that's really awesome. Now, uh, do you have anything exciting in the works right now? I think I think you mentioned previously, mainly just kind of working on renovating the building. Um, do you have anything else? I'm tr- I'm trying to buy some more boats. Okay. <laughs> so I, d- I don't have enough. <laughs> uh, we, r- we run out of single kayaks almost every weekend, at least like in like the heat of the summer, like June, July, August. Like we run out of single kayaks every single Saturday and Sunday if it's a nice day. Mm-hmm. I just don't have enough. And I'm trying to basically double my single kayak fleet right now. Okay. With, I, don't, I don't have nearly enough sit on tops. Like, all the sit-on-tops I have were, like, I didn't buy them new. Like, I bought them used, like, from various places I could find them. Because, like, I'm only willing to get, like, like I said, like, the good quality boats. Like, I'm not trying to buy, like, Walmart trash. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I haven't been able to find, you know, the ones I want yet, at least for a good price. Like, I'm not trying to pay retail for, like, a boat that's, you know, 10 years old. But uh, Right, for sure. So I'm trying to get more. I finally, I was able to get through to my like rep from the company like the other day. And she said, if you didn't know, we're in a huge kayak shortage right now. Hmm. Like some of the companies are like a year out. Like if you order them right now, like you won't get them for a whole year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, but she said that they're like, I guess starting production back up in June. And like, if she, or if I don't hear from her, like in June, like to definitely give her a call. So I'm really hoping that I can get some by like July at the latest. Okay. I'm crossing my fingers anyway. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. Speaking of which, I guess, where do you go to look for some of your supply and stuff? I mean, do you work, I guess, directly with like a rep and supplier or do you go to like Facebook marketplace for some deals or? Oh, I definitely go to Facebook marketplace like all the time, just at least right now, Mm -hmm. just because I am like trying, even if I could find like one boat, that's like the boat that I want. Like if it's in good shape, I'd go buy it. Yeah. But for the most part, I would deal with like the company directly because I don't go and buy them at the store. I go directly to the company and I get like a wholesale price. Yeah. That's way cheaper than what you can buy. I actually get, uh, I can buy them from most companies for cheaper than like a retail store can buy them from that same company because I'm a rental operation. Oh, nice. Uh, a lot of places will sell them to us, like even like 15% below that from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for a boat you might pay $600 for at the store, I might pay like 300. Nice. So 
it's it's a lot yeah it's a lot better situation than going to like buying them at like denims or something you know <laughs> no for sure yeah you definitely got to take advantage of those perks yeah. um, i gotta pay for shipping which sucks <laughs> but you know it because the companies are in like maine and like south carolina the ones that oh, i buy yeah. from so i don't want to make that drive <laughs> no that's that's totally fair i feel like shipping would be like an arm and a leg almost it is especially for how far they're transporting how big and awkward it is to transport i mean it, the, the more you get the less you pay like per boat on mm -hmm. shipping i guess so like if you bought one boat you'd pay like probably just as much as the boat cost right just to get it shipped <laughs> but you know if you get like a whole semi truck load it's like it you know it doesn't sting quite so much per boat i guess it's still a lot of money but mm -hmm. i want to say when i bought all my new boats I bought like 35 boats brand new when I first opened in 2019. And I think I paid like 1800 in shipping or something like that. Okay. So it's, I mean, obviously that's still not a small amount, <laughs> right? But, but probably compared to, you know, each one. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot less per boat for sure. No. And that makes a lot of sense. So is there anything I forgot to ask about that you want to touch on? Not that I can think of off the top of my head, really. <laughs> yeah. No, like, Hmm. Nothing nothing comes to mind Ooh. off the top of my head. How how have you been, Eric? <laughs> I have been doing pretty well, you know. Doing this, working at Dart from home still, doing that movie podcast, so definitely staying busy with uh I mean, that sounds fun. a lot of these side project adventures, but it's been it's been good. Everyone's gotta keep busy, right? Oh yeah, for sure. No, sounds good. So how can people find more information about Diamond Dale Canoe and Kayak? Uh, you can go to our website at diamonddalecanoeandkayak.com or our Facebook page. Uh, in fact, our Facebook page is probably better for, like, regular updates on stuff. Because, like, if we're going to be closed because it's rainy or something, like, we'll update our Facebook page. It's not like we close, like, every time it rains. But, you know, if it's going to be, like, pouring rain all day, yeah, I'm not going to come in because no one's going to come to rent a boat. Yeah, So totally fair. <laughs> You know, so yeah, check our Facebook page out. Give us a like, give us a share. You know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome. Well, sounds good. Yeah. I think that covers everything I pretty much had prepared. Uh, the only other thing I was thinking of too, is cause I, I love your logo. Um, who designed your logo out of curiosity? <laughs> Allison Fredline. Nice. You remember her? Yeah, I do. Remember my school? Yeah, yeah, we're friends, and she is pretty artistic, and she paints and stuff. And I was like, hey, like, do you want to design my logo? And she was like, yeah, sure. And so, like, she came back with that, and I, I was just like, yeah, like, that's great. Like, I didn't have, like, anything for her to change. I was just like, yep, that's the one. <laughs> so, <laughs> No, for sure. No, that's so cool. That's awesome. I feel like it fits your biggest business scheme and everything really well. It's just a very, you know, neat, clean design and everything nice and sleek and yeah i think she did a great job with it she knocked it out of the park i gotta have her come out and we have a bus that's kind of like our sign and i gotta have her come like paint that on it at some point oh yeah because it it's like an old it's a 1939 fitzjohn it's it's super old oh man um, it doesn't run it does not run uh, <laughs> it probably would if i probably would if i put it all back together uh we thought it ran off of a off of a six volt battery because everything used to run off like six volt back in that day and then when i took it apart like to find out why it wouldn't start the starter said 12 volt right on it and then like i hooked the 12 volt battery up to it and pressed the because it doesn't actually have a key it's got a button oh, okay. um, to start it and uh, you press the button and try to start but it wasn't going to start because i'd like take the carburetor off i'd taken a bunch of other stuff off <laughs> already by that point and it was just wasn't on the top of my list but i think it would run if i put it back together we'll see
<laughs> no, that would be so. Right. Cool. I don't know that I'll. I don't know that I'll ever use it to transport people because I don't really want to rely on something from 1939. <laughs> it's impossible to find parts for. But no, that's it. Does make a it does make a cool sign. It yeah, that definitely would, and I would love to see this bus now. Now I'm extremely curious. <laughs> well, we we got pictures of it on the Facebook page. If you go back a ways, Ooh. you can find it. Because we did paint it, we painted it because it used to be just like aluminum, almost like a kind of looked like an airstream. Okay. We painted it like a vintage, like white and teal color, and it's got like the leather lettering on top that says like you know canoe kayak tube rentals. It looks really cool. Nice. It, it was converted into a camper at one point, and uh, it's actually right now it's not on the property because it's being converted back into a bus. Okay. Like we're having all the camper stuff taken out and like having like bus seats put back in, so. If, we got it running. We could use it as a bus if we really wanted to or needed to. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see on that. <laughs> no, that's and awesome. It definitely, wouldn't, it definitely wouldn't be my everyday transport vehicle. <laughs> that's for damn sure. <laughs> but, I mean, it would bring people in, and it's like a, a nice thing to look at and stuff. And Yeah, it is cool. It could definitely draw people in. And from what I'm told, it's, it's getting pretty close to being done. I'm hoping to have it back really soon because it does look cool, and it does draw people's eye from the road, too, for sure. Yeah. And I guess I guess they got the air compressor on it working, so you can actually pull the lever and make it go like and have the door open now too. So <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Kind of like a school bus style thing. <laughs> I can see this being like almost like a mascot for your business down the road. <laughs> Basically, yeah, it kind of already is. Like people take pictures in front of it all the time. It's really cool. That's really cool. That's awesome, man. But yeah, once again, you know, so awesome catching up and stuff and hearing more about your your kayak business and everything. And so happy to hear your doing well with it you know sounds like you got some really exciting things in the works and uh yeah thanks man yeah i'm excited to see all the updates and stuff and i'm really looking forward to if you get that uh night paddling thing down because i would love to do that oh trust me (laughs) i'll i'll text you i'll text you as soon as we're we're up and running on that i'm i mean i'm hoping by this fall maybe we might be able to do that but if not then hopefully like i would assume next spring like we'll be able to do that if we can't do it this year so for sure i'll let you know no that's awesome but yeah i'm definitely looking forward to seeing all the updates and once again thank you for taking the time to sit down and chat with me today hey thank you man i appreciate it for sure all right see you around man see you have a good one Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out the show. Links to all of Matt's pages, along with other resources, can be found in the show notes. If you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review for the Juxtaposed Journeys podcast. Any feedback is always welcome and appreciated. If you're an entrepreneur, creator, or live an interesting lifestyle, send an email to juxtaposedjourneys at gmail.com with a brief description for a chance to be featured in an upcoming episode. The Juxtaposed Journeys logo was designed by Darius Norwood. The website was designed by Elise Benner, and music has been provided by Young Pioneer. Editing, mixing, and interviews are conducted by yours truly, Eric Spitz. Thank you for listening, and remember to never stop exploring.